This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here with you on a cloudy sort of a oh, dank it's day. Oh, clear up. Is it? Oh, oh yeah. no. Okay. From the voice of doom <laughs> the to, the, to the sunny little personality and voice of That's Charlie right. Dobbin. The sun's going to come out and just burn off all that fog. Is that right? That's we can take your word say. for it? Yep. Now, wait I a promise. minute. I promise. I promise. That's what they say. You just said it. Don't, don't try to get away them. with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're here for the garden show. Tons of fun, tons of questions will be coming in via the phones, only if you know the number. Okay, for Toronto area listeners, here it goes. 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, let's see, we've got... Uh, well, oh, the mantra, darling. The, the mantra. mantra, the mantra, thank you. Uh, yeah, let James Patrick Dooley know, if you're calling in, that you uh, are a first-time caller, and then we'll arrange to have the wind chimes welcome you to the show. And remember our little mantra, too, call early, call often, one question per call. There you go. And if we hang up on you by mistake, call right back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that seems to me in recent memory that happened. Right, James? <laughs> Melana, or Melina got back in the line. Good for you. We're having a day here, but uh, it's going to get better as the sun burns off the fog. I think it'll work for all of our psyches as well. Stop being Mr. Pessimistic. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so I had a nice uh, trip this past week. I was down in your old hood. Oh, St. Catharines. In St. Catharines. Oh, wonderful. I was down at Stoke Seeds. President's Choice is very proud uh, and works very hard to make sure they have really good varieties of plants available in their stores for hobby gardeners, whether it's flowers or vegetables. And, you know, they do the research and they, you know, put a lot of energy into it. And Stokes is one of the partners and, you know, grows and and produces a lot of the seed that is used for the chosen varieties. So I was down there as a a honored guest to help with an evaluation of some of the vegetables that were in the stores, the Loblaw stores this past spring and to do some tasting for next year's vegetables. Oh, wow. What an honor indeed. So much fun. I tasted so many 
tomatoes. I can't tell you how many tomatoes I tasted. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's late. Everything's late this year. You know, there was a lot of green tomatoes on the vines, just like there is in my home garden. Not a lot of color yeah. yet. But, I mean, it was just so, it was very fun. And, you know, kale trials. I mean, it's, all, it's this whole trial idea where they're testing, growing and evaluating mm-hmm. plants and tasting them along the way. So it's a lot of fun. We had a great lunch um, and then went off to check out another greenhouse grower, Sunrise yeah. uh, Greenhouses. And then had a wonderful barbecue at um, Bob Martin's back garden. He, Martin Farms is the grower of the Gigantico vegetable varieties for uh, Loblaws. And uh, that the Martin Farms and Martin family are just great people. I mean, it's a Isn't that super? family, fourth yeah. generation run uh, farm. And, now, uh, tell me, when you're tasting tomatoes, yes. for instance, do you, as in you do with wine, Never. Do you, <laughs> I never do that with wine either. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't taste it. You just drink it. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't that how we taste it? Well, yeah. But in between each tasting, do you, you know, have a cracker to so your your taste buds are refreshed, as it were? <laughs> no. No, you I'm don't. Not a, a, you greasy to, little thing. Tomato melier or whatever they're called. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you've got some announcements. I do. Yes, Good point. Thank you very much. We're the time here. All right. You, okay. Do you want to me to actually get to the point Gee, it'd be nice to talk to some listeners, too, along the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mark your calendars. There are things coming up. Uh, well, there's something coming up, but I don't even know the date of it, so I think I'll just jump past that one because they never actually gave me a date. Uh, the next one, though, is the Agent Court Garden Club Flower Show and Competition, which is open to the public on Saturday, September the 6th, only from 2 to 4.30 p.m. It's an absolutely wow event. There's 111 different categories, flowers and vegetables and designs that will be on display for your viewing pleasure. Uh, this is there's also an on-site tea room and socializing with novice and expert gardening members of the Agent Court Garden Club. They meet and show at the Knox United Christian Education Center, 2575 Midland Avenue, near Shepherd in Agent Court. Mm. And all right, everything else is too far in the future. Uh, we'll just hold all my other announcements. Okay, very good. That's good <laughs> the other one. I don't know the date on my sheet <laughs> today, for all I know. But for we'll nice, s- nice prep. <laughs> hey, I responded. I said I love this announcement, but I have no idea what day this event is happening, and I didn't get a response. Gee, looking at the first caller's subject matter, I, I feel like I feel like a cactus this morning. I'm being a little prickly here. Prickle, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. I'm back to Mr. Nice Guy very shortly when Charlie and I return. The Garden Show is on the air, and we'll be back to say say hi to Jerry and a whole bunch of other folks, too. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, Frank Proctor, delighted to be with Charlie and uh, everybody else here, including James, uh, as we welcome Jerry to the line in T.O. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning to you guys. Good morning. Uh, look, i got to explain something. If I were to put, be put in charge of High Park uh, in the early spring for the vegetation, uh-huh. by, by the, the fall it would be a wasteland. I'm no good with plants. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> this but, year you can't kill anything with all this rain we're having. Oh, God, I'm <clears> telling <throat> you. Anyhow, there's a little Korean corn store which sells all kinds of plants and that, not far mm-hmm. from where I live. Mm-hmm. And they had some cactus on sale. Mm-hmm. And one of them looks like a prickly pear. 
mm-hmm. but it's about six inches tall. It has no spines on it. It's big, broad, flat leaves. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a tall one, uh, narrow at the bottom, tall at the top, wide at the top, and has lots of thorns. Mm. So I guess my question is, <laughs> how much do I water these little suckers? Because I have one of these moisture meters, and I stuck the moisture meter in each plant, uh-huh. and each one was wet from uh, moist yep. to wet. Okay. Now, I asked the lady there how much I water them, mm-hmm. and she said, very little. Yes. And then I said, oh, how much is a very little? And she responded, very little. <laughs> <clears throat> now, that, that went on for about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. So we had definitely had a communication. <laughs> okay, so have you got them inside right now, or are they outside? They're outside on the balcony. Okay. And they're getting some sun right now? Or do you get yeah, sun on the balcony? Yeah, that's the part about it, Charlie, because at the flower store where I got them, mm-hmm. they were covered with a tarp. They were in a shade. Oh. Well, that's probably why they're so wet. <laughs> well, me, you know what they might have been doing there? Well, I guess depending. Sometimes uh, garden centers and, and certainly the corner convenience stores will use some shade cloth just to provide a bit of shade so that things won't dry out uh, super fast. Because when we get a hot sunny day, the pots, particularly the small pots, will just dry yeah. out in a couple hours. And they just don't have the staff to be out there fiddling and diddling and watering that often. But if you know these are cactuses. You know that it's the kind of plant that's holding moisture in its leaves. It's got that, flesh, right. that fleshy kind of a leaf. It's uh, it, it could be a succulent, could be an actual cactus. But either way, you, typically these plants have a small root system and they have the ability to store liquid in the stem and the leaves for adverse conditions. But the one, Charlie, doesn't have leaves. It's just spikes. Oh, really? Just spikes? Yep. Okay. Just spikes. Now, but spikes uh, coming guess, off uh, a stem, though. I, I hear the thing you could do the worst about with cactus is watering them too much. Right, right. So your job is to provide some adverse conditions for these plants, which will make them very happy. Sunshine is good. Drying out is excellent. When, when people say water very little, I think what they really should be saying is let this plant dry out completely. Let it, that soil become a desert so that right. when you touch it, uh, it's hard. When you lift the plant, it, the pot is light because there's just you stick your moisture meter in, it goes to the dry. Right. Now you know it's dry. Now you just like Mother Nature would, you set up the monsoon, you water thoroughly. So you've got some room temperature water that's been sitting out, out in the open air for more than 24 hours right. uh, so that you've you know, evaporated off some of that chlorine, etc. A good thorough watering, uh, a saucer is below the plants, the water will race right through that dry soil and fill up the saucer right away, leave it for at least 20 minutes, uh, if necessary, add more water so that that soil is ultimately co- completely saturated. Right. Then you dump out whatever water's in the, in the saucer, and you, again, do not water again until it's bone dry. Might be two weeks, might be two months, might be six months before you water again. So that's, really? the, that's the let it really dry out between waterings. But when you do water, water thoroughly. Charlie, when I bring it in for the winter, Mm -hmm. how often do I water it then? Same thing. And you're going to find out it uses even less water in the winter inside than it's going to use right now in August outside. Oh, okay. okay, so literally you can end up, I mean, I have a, an aloe, it's in a big pot, it's like a 10-inch pot. I probably water it twice a year. You know, big aloe. Yeah, serious, twice a year. I could almost, you know, put it on the calendar. Like, I just don't water it. It's, it doesn't want to be watered. And it's in a southern window, lots of light. But I want it to be thoroughly dried out before I water it. So let me make sure I got this right. I dry it right out so it's almost hard as rock. Just about, yep. 
And then, then I've watered to death. Well, thoroughly, yep. <laughs> Not to death. <laughs> that would defeat the whole purpose of it. <laughs> then I let it set again for until it's dry. Exactly. And, the, and it's hard to say when that will be. So that's why we, we try to not water on the calendar. We water based on the reality of what that plant needs. Hmm. Okay. There. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, well, good luck with that, luck. Jerry. Let us know okay. how it goes. <laughs> I will. Thank you. All righty. <laughs> Jerry on the line there. And uh, we're going to have to take a little bit of a break here because, you know, that little mantra we say, call early, call often, one question per call. Sometimes folks get in on the line twice, which is the case with Milana. Well, she's called twice, knocked but, off the line the first time, but she's called back. <laughs> she's called back the second time already. And we're going to be talking to Milana in just a couple of moments. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, from the studios in Liberty Village, let's travel all the way to Cambridge and say hi to Melina. Good morning, Melina. Good morning. Morning. So I have a weird problem. Oh, good. Um, we like weird house, problems. You like weird ones? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I guess maybe it's not weird for you. But no, she likes me, be. so... <laughs> my house uh, on the west wall, between me and my neighbor, they had planted cedars. Okay. Which ultimately grew and obscured my windows, so mm. we decided, both of us, that we'd get rid of that. So mm. they're gone. Okay. He wants to put in more cedars, but closer to his house. But I'm looking at this now, and I have what is the, almost the entire length of the side of my house against the west wall, shaded from the north, a 15 or, well, 10 to 12 foot deep flower bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean a bed because of the seat, you know, the soil is soft. And, and so I thought, why do something, why not do something different? And I, but there is, he has a sugar maple, uh, probably about 15 feet out from the, the farthest edge of this new, newly created raw space. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely shady. Mm-hmm. So I thought, what if I did hostas, you know, the beautiful mm-hmm. chartreuse, big leaf, puckered ones, some ostrich ferns, maybe monk's hood. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, well, what will I do for winter interest and maybe to give a little vertical? And I, and I don't know what kind of conifer, if anything, you might be able to use to kind of have that, you know, narrow Tuscan look. Well, tell me something. Is there a fence there? No, Between the fence starts properties? further down the house. Oh, okay. So what this was was a visual screen right. between our two houses. And you have windows that look into each other's windows? Yeah, but we're like maybe 60 feet apart from one another. Oh, wow, great. So you've got lots of room in there. But like yeah. you say, it is, it is uh, quite shady. Uh, okay, I like your ideas where you're going with that. Uh, to get some visual interest, uh, a couple of great ideas come to my mind. Number one, there are some cedars that are super slender. They grow almost like a pencil. They're just, you know, you talk about that Tuscan look, yeah, it's sort of the cypress look. There is a cedar called a de Groot's spire. So D-E-G-R-O-O-T apostrophe S, de Groot's spire. It's very narrow, even when it's, 12 feet tall, it's only, uh, you know, maybe two feet wide, maybe three feet at the most. So very, very um, compact and dense in its growth. So that's an interesting, very, very narrow evergreen. You could also put into a situation like that, um, what I, if, is there any sun? I guess there must be some sun for an hour or so in the Well, there day. is some because the cedars thrive. Yeah, so there must be some sun. Because the sugar maple is big, but is it on the south end or the north end of this uh it's it's between the two houses, so it would be directly. Um, it, it's further west. 
Oh, I see. Okay. So, yeah, so you're getting some early or midday sun in there by the sounds of it. Because you know what I love, and it can be trimmed, would be beech trees or a pyramidal oak tree. There's pyramidal beech or pyramidal oak, which are deciduous trees, of course, but they hold their leaves all winter. So they give you that fairly narrow um, vertical you know, important shape for year-round framework and and, uh, bones for the garden. But all winter, the leaves hang on and they're golden. They rustle in the wind. They make a great sound. And then as the new growth begins in the spring, they force off last year's leaves. So it's, you you sort of, they almost act like an evergreen in the sense that they constantly have leaves on them. And uh, and they're interesting. You can get some good fall color. And then you've got that winter, like I said, that bronzy look and the lovely sound. And how how tall would that grow? Oh, if you let it, well, a pyramidal oak will grow 40 feet tall if you okay. never trimmed it. Uh, and many of the pyramidal beech, which typically are trimmed to hedge kind of conditions, un, untrimmed ever might go to 25 feet, 26 feet. So That's quite interesting. That's an interesting idea. Yeah. We do have a huge beech mm-hmm. that is right where the, our, the house ends and uh, my fence between his Mm-hmm. Uh, begins. There's a nice. giant, beautiful beach there that's that's very coppery, but it's it's like a full size tree. It's yeah. probably 150, 200 feet. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that's an old but this one. This one. This one could yeah. be trimmed and kept in a small site. That's shape. right. And and you would not just choose a regular beach. You would be choosing a columnar, a, a beach that grows in a columnar form. There's several out there. So perfect. So it's also yeah. It's called fastigiata. So F A S T I G. I-A-T-A is the Latin for columnar, like narrow. <laughs> both, I like both ideas, actually. Wonderful. Thank All you right. very much. Good. Thank Thanks you, Melina. Thanks for your call. We'll uh, have Malina. to have a glass of wine and talk about what we do. <laughs> oh, ho. All right. One of our favorite callers right there on the Garden <laughs> Show. anytime. <laughs> From Thanks, AM Malina. 740. And, uh, gee, we're traveling around the uh, province pretty well here, uh, going to Scarborough now. Okay. And welcome Elizabeth to the line. And, by the way, uh, Elizabeth is a first-time caller. So the chimes... Where are the little devils? Oh, <laughs> The chimes, the okay, ding dong, no ding dong, ding dong, ding <laughs> dong. You're, you're welcome to Elizabeth. Okay, <laughs> welcome to the morning. show. <laughs> uh, we have a huge, uh, well, 38-year-old linden tree. I think it's a linden. Um, it drops its leaves in the fall in about three days' time. Does that mm. give you a clue? Not necessarily. Do they no. turn yellow? Uh, yes, I believe they do. And yeah. are they small leaves, heart-shaped? Yes, and does it get little fruit that are like ball bearings? That... I don't. I don't think so. Oh. We've got a lot of squirrels, mm, and like we had a plum tree, and and we didn't get any plums because <laughs> the squirrels just devoured them. Yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, this tree, mm-hmm. uh, it it appears it didn't survive the winter. Oh, completely. And, and def- so it's it's huge, and you know I'm concerned now, uh, and yet. It has about 10 feet up from the bottom, this huge wild growth coming out. Oh. And so it's, you know, I think, okay, do I, do I try and leave it and see if any growth does come back, or is it too late to expect anything at this time? So at the 10-foot level, there's a whole bunch of greenery, but then... Well, right uh, from the bottom to about, uh, up to about 10 feet, yeah. 
it's just uh, growing right up, uh, almost uh, covering the whole base of the tree. Okay, and then above that is a bunch of branches that have no... That's right. Okay. Yeah. Is it possible that this plant could be an ash? This tree? It is, because I said... Um, it uh, it uh, it was thirty eight years ago that we planted it. So. Yeah, who keeps <laughs> tags for thirty eight years, right? Yeah, I don't blame you. All right, well, you, the reason I'm, I'm suggesting ash is because I imagine you've heard of and many people have heard of the emerald ash borer, yes, which is an invasive insect yes. that has arrived in southern Ontario and is right, pre- yes. proceeding to devastate the the native ashes, particularly the green ash. And one of the best ways to know that a tree has been invaded by an emerald ash borer is the all the top growth will be dead and you will see sprouts from the base right down yes. at ground level and and it'll literally like you say it'll look like a whole green bush at the bottom yes. Yes. and then this trunk sticks up through the bush and a bunch of dead branches stick up yes. through there and that is a classic uh that's a classically what happens when the oh. boars have in, in, infested mm, okay. a tree so it may not be an ash but either way it's a super unhealthy tree yeah what and this is on your property it's not on city property oh yes and it's in the corner of our property so it's it actually, um, there's three um, lots behind us, sort of at the side, two on the side and one behind us that are affected mm. if something should happen to this tree. Right, and that's the other thing is that if something would happen, a big wind, oh, yeah. another winter like we had, and mm, something like right. that comes down, suddenly you're breaking fences and hitting oh, people's yes. swimming pools or you know garden oh, sheds, yes. whatever. So you know what? Certified Arborist. Go to isa.org. I-S-A.org. So I-S-A stands for International Society of Arboriculture or Arborists. Okay. .org, because it's a non-profit. And go there, and then, you know, where do you live? You're going to put in that you live in the Toronto area, in Scarborough. It's going to tell you which names of which companies are certified arborists in your neighborhood or in your area or service your area, and you're going to call one or two or three and just tell them over the phone what you've got. They will come at no charge. They will send somebody at no charge to evaluate what's what's the best next step. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the next step is going to be removal. It will not be inexpensive, but you want to hire somebody who you trust to do a good job and minimal damage to all the properties. Well, that's, that is my concern yeah. because, uh, you know, I mean, so, some of these uh, branches are mm. absolutely enormous. I mean, they're probably uh, uh, 20 inches in, yeah. in circumference, you that's know. So, the, yeah. And, and that's, so if any any came down, I mean, it would just... No. Well, <laughs> and, you know, you think, what damage? Because it's huge. Oh, I mean, and they're heavy. Due to our roof. Yeah. Well, exactly. So that's why you want somebody to bring it down who knows what they're doing because they yeah. will bring it down with pulleys and chains and they will do it correctly. They won't put big holes in the... Yes. You know, when somebody doesn't know what they're doing and they bring a tree down, they'll go up there with a chainsaw and start taking off pieces and just drop them to the ground. Yes. You'll end up with yes. big holes in the in the garden and in the lawn. You'll end up with pieces dropping where you don't want. And yes. uh, that's why I highly recommend you hire a professional to do something and, like and that. Could you give me an estimate? Are we looking at like $2,000? Could be. Could be that much. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And is there any... But if it is an ash, probably not. But I wonder... Is there any value to this wood for somebody? You know, I heard on the radio there's an urban tree salvage company where they're making furniture and whatnot out of of trees. So around the trunk of this tree, which, you know, is so huge... Mm -hmm. 
Well, if it, somebody were to it would cut be slats off. <laughs> wood with value. So that's a good question for the arborist who will be able to identify what variety of tree it is. Okay. Um, you know, maybe you're right. I mean, I mean, ash were grown for all, because it's very hard wood. So when you think of axe handles and all kinds of, oh, yeah. uh, those, those were all ash back in the day. So oh, they started okay. using carbon fiber and all that fancy stuff. Uh, but, um, you know, in a best case, it's a walnut tree or something, and then it's really worth money. So Or a <laughs> yeah, cherry well, no, tree. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so get get uh, like I say a professional to identify the variety, and then you can be led in the right direction. And what's your next okay, best step? Or or Elizabeth, what you could do with that tree is to hollow it out and make <laughs> one large canoe. And boy, that'd be worth a oh, bundle. Boy, wouldn't it? <laughs> Would you like to come and help? Yes. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah yeah. Frank, <laughs> if if you supply thanks. the beer, we're there. Okay. okay Frank does much. totem poles okay, on the side. Yeah. Thanks a lot for your call. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's inter. What do you do? You know, I know, and we love our trees, and our trees are so important to the uh, you know to the economy, our you know value mm-hmm. of our homes, to the environment. But when something bad happens and they die, right. it can be a pricey uh, situation to to eliminate them, and yet pricier to not take them all out. Well, already uh, okay. that rap problem sort of dealt with. Uh, well, Rita, thank you for that. well, yeah, <laughs> well, as best you could at the moment. I mean, uh, no. you're not an arborist, are True. you? I no. mean, no. no. Okay, no. so we'll leave it to the arborist. Right. Uh, Rita from London is on the line with us. Welcome, Charlie's right here. Rita, go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. I'd like to know a quick question. Okay, I'd like to lock up the cottage early this year mm-hmm. instead of. I'm, you know, October going around putting all my banks of, you know, topsoil for the winter for my flowers. Mm. Can you do it now, or is it just a little bit early? I thought if I dug all around and then put the soil all around the flowers... I didn't know if it was too early. Do I have to come back in October to do it? You need to come back in October. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know why? If you try to put the garden to bed early, like yeah. now, the garden isn't ready to go to bed. The plants aren't actually dormant. And even if you try and force them into early dormancy, the problem is is that by doing the kind of mulching you're talking about, you know, banking soil around the yeah. plants, yeah. what you're going to do is you're going to end up trapping heat around the plants because the soil is quite warm right now. And if you start laying inches of soil or hills and, and uh, layers, on top of that warm soil, all you're doing is you're holding the heat in longer than you should. So, What's the earliest you can do it? What's the you want to wait until there's been at least one good hard frost. Oh. So okay. who knows when that will be. Uh, where's your cottage? How far north? It's, it's Minden. Minden. Oh, Minden, okay. So, yes. I mean, you, there could be, hard to say, it's been a, a fairly cool summer, so it is possible yeah. that there could be a, a good frost by even late September, early October. Uh, but that's Another quick question best. I'd like to tell you. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm sorry. Not, we, we... To, this question I want to tell you. I tried the Rose of Sharon. I phoned you about a Rose of Sharon, and you said you couldn't grow them. You didn't think they'd grow I've got two, and they're approximately between 12 and 15 inches high. I'm just so excited. Oh, great. Yeah, see, and that's something you want to protect, but well, not I yet. I let you know that you can try them. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, up in, uh, great idea. Yeah, good to hear. Thank you very, very okay. much. Okay, and thank you. thank you. That wasn't really a second question. It was yeah. a comment. So yeah. that's yeah, why yeah, we yeah, allowed that to go on. Very good. Okay. You thank snuck you. her foot under the door there. Thanks, very good, Rita. Rita. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Have Bye. a nice day, okay? And thanks thank for joining you. us thanks, here at AM740 Zoomer Radio, live from the uh, Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, where it's kind of gray and boy, oh boy. Mm. Uh, but Charlie, mm-hmm. the weather person, says <laughs> it's going to clear up, okay? Yep. Yeah. It is.
All right. Gary uh, in Toronto. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to The Garden Show. Transform your outdoor right. living space into a treasured escape whoop, whoop. that reflects your distinctive style. Unilock paving stones and retaining walls. Available at Arts, the landscape supplier. Durham and the GTA have been trusting Arts for over 40 years. Find everything for the landscaping do-it-yourselfer by visiting Arnt's Landscape Supply Center today. Your authorized Unilock dealer in Whitby on Halls Road, Lake Ridge and Taunton, right at the edge of the Ajax-Whitby border. <laughs> uh, Gary, I thought your voice had changed there momentarily. Well, I did. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning to Frank and Charlie. Yes. Well, thank you. Go well, ahead, Gary. Charlie, I called you about uh, uh, aloe vera a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I would like to transplant it. Okay. It's in about a five, six-inch uh, pot now, mm -hmm. and I would like to put it into a 10-inch. Mm, too big. Now, I was told they like to be, uh, the roots like to be touching the pot. Well, if you pick up that pot it's in right now and looked underneath where the drainage holes are, would you see some little roots coming out? Okay. I haven't done that yet. Because that's your indication that it is time to transplant. You always want to wait for any plant, but particularly a succulent like an aloe vera. They do not have a particularly large uh, root system, and they do want to be fairly pot-bound. Uh, but the other thing is that no plant wants to jump from a 5-inch to a 10-inch pot. You want, to, you want to come up with a size in between. So you either you could go to a 6 or an 8 before you get to the 10, and so it's going to be another 3 or 4 years before you get to a 10-inch pot. Okay. Okay, I'll keep it then on and hold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, but it is fine. You can transplant now, okay. but, but do ensure that it's, a, that it's appropriate that the plant needs it. And this one has a offshoot mm -hmm. or a little baby yeah yeah a little baby mm -hmm. um i guess i can put it in a small plant or a small pot yes when you're transplanting and you take the whole plant out of the pot right. lay lay it on its side on a piece of newspaper get out a sharp knife right. and just sever the it's actually a mother and a daughter plant so right. just sever that little umbilical cord you'll mm -hmm. have two plants as long as you've got a little bit of leaf and a little bit of root right. on the daughter plant right. Try and hold the soil together if you can. We try to uh, make sure that the plant is fairly moist when we're doing our transplanting because then the soil tends to stick to the roots a little better. Right. And take that little bundle, that little root, little bit of leaf uh, that you've severed, and then a small pot, exactly like just a four-inch pot for the daughter and then maybe a six-inch or maximum eight-inch pot for the mother. Okay. Okay. Sound good? Yep. Excellent. Thanks for your call. Thanks, Gary. And it brings us to the time here in the Garden Show when we have to take a little break. But stick around. We've got lots more to go. Charlie uh, talking to a lot of folks all over the place. We're going to take a little trip to Tiverton in just moments here at AM740. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. you picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And here we are with Charlie and, of course, James Patrick Dooley. We've had a problem with our wind chimes. I think it's Somebody just the lack of them. wind. No, no. It was the bell. Somebody stole the bell. Somebody, yeah. And, then and there's no wind for the chimes. Now they've taken the chimes. So what's going to happen here, I'm, I'm referring to Debbie, who is a first-time caller. Both, <laughs> both uh, James and I will just simply tinkle on the air. 
Tinkle, 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 tinkle. Had Charlie really worried there. Hello, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Good morning. You guys. Yeah, morning, Debbie. I'm calling with a uh, question about a peace lily. Mm-hmm. I've had this peace lily for probably about 10 years, and I repotted it once. I was brave, and I repotted it. But mm-hmm. after I did, it wouldn't flower for about two years. Mm-hmm. Now, it's getting uh, brown spots along the edges of the leaves, and I know it's, it's packed into a 10-inch pot. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, what's the best way to go about um, refreshing it? I don't want it into a bigger pot. No. And I wondered about cutting some of the smaller pieces away and, re, you know, making small plants out of it. Yeah, you could definitely do that. Um, again, the, probably the best way to do that is that, you know, get out the newspaper, lay right. that 10-inch pot on its side, pull the entire plant out and sever. Because it's, you know, in that 10-inch pot, you probably have like 50 plants in there, you know, when, yes, when you ton. look closely. Yes. And it will be very refreshing for the plant for you to do that. Um and, of course, you'll get fresh soil with all of this, and you'll yes. start up a few small pots for some friends. You can give away, you know, do a few six-inch pots for your friends, and then take, you know, take that sort of mass that you had started with and took some sections out of and put that all, wash your 10-inch pot, yes. fresh soil, and you'll have room for a little more soil, and then take that, you know, sort of mass of plants and put it back in minus what you've, you've chopped out to go uh, off into smaller pots. You'll find it'll be you know, very refreshing. You should see, you know, obviously more growth. The brown tips, I, I find that peace lily is very susceptible to f- uh, fluoride in the water. And oh, we ha- we are on a well, and we have tons of fluoride. Yeah, the, the, any minerals, and certainly yes. So that if there's any way, I mean, you're not going to start. Wa- well, if there's any way, do you collect rainwater at all? Uh, I could do. See, I mean, the people that are super like keen on this, they'll collect rainwater in the summer, and then they'll have take pails, believe it or not, of rainwater inside in the fall to put in the basement to use for watering their plants in the winter because it's a great way to avoid all that, the horrible, like I say, the mineralization in, in um, uh, well water, but also some of the, the treated water that we use in the municipalities. So Our, water from a dehumidifier wouldn't be a good choice? Uh, be better than your well water. Would it? Yep. Oh, because I yep. always have a supply of that. There you go. Try that. That okay. would be, yeah, because that's, yeah, that, that would be better than, than the well water, I would think, yeah. Okay. Okay. So what percentage would I be able to cut away a third of the plant? You could. Yep. You could. You can actually, like I said, you could probably take that and turn it into 50 little tiny plants. (laughs) Or you could, you know, like you say, remove about a third, chop that all up into smaller pots, and then put that two-thirds back into the main pot. But do give it a scrub. You'll find that that'll clear out some of the accumulated salts that are in the pot. And there'll be room for fresh soil, and that's a great thing as well. Okay, right, that's great. Potting Thanks soil. Hey, All Debbie, right. thank you for joining us Thanks. from Tiverton, just a little bit north of uh, Godridge, right? Yeah. Uh, we're actually about halfway between Port Elgin and King Carden. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Beautiful part Perfect of the country. Fix. We'll be up to visit. Would you yes, make lunch for will. us? <laughs> well, that will be fine, yeah. Just let me know an hour ahead. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's good. Might be there for dinner, Always actually. Always good <laughs> folks up there in the Tiverton area. Yes.
Thank you for joining Thanks us. for the call. And it is The Garden Show on AM740, Zoomer Radio. And, of course, Charlie, our master gardener, is here to help out whatever questions you have. Here's Barbara now. Oh, I uh, gonna, from, can I just I'm, ask you a question? Oh, yes. We did get that call from the cell phone. We're going to just put that to oh, the okay, end. Oh, okay, fine. I was well, going to put that after, but it's oh, okay. No, no, you're in charge. You do it. No, you're I'm not in charge. You're <laughs> in charge of the order of the colors. I'm All only, right. you know, it's, you know, brains Well, there, there is here. a chap. You're uh, the, the beast. So All right. Barbara, to... just hold on a second. We'll be, be with you in a moment. But there is a chap who is in the car right now, and he doesn't want, really want to go on air. But he gave uh, James all the information. Mm-hmm. He has garlic plants and something's eating the root, long, fibrous brown roots. Okay. So, so for Rudy? For Rudy, who, well, okay, so it's an interesting question. Not much eats garlic. That's why that we could do this pretty quickly. Garlic, every part of the plant tastes like the bulb that we eat. So there's very few insects or animals that will willingly choose garlic as their, you know, uh, food of choice. So if something, it's likely uh, down under the soil, it's likely one one of the not so beneficial nematodes that's chewing on the roots. But at this time of year, it doesn't matter because we're, we're harvesting our garlic. So get that garlic up out of the ground. Get that garlic hung up to dry. If there's roots missing, that's okay because you're going to trim them all back anyway as the garlic is drying down and you're getting ready to use it in your in your cooking and at the same time save some to replant in the next month or so. Perhaps consider not planting garlic in the same spot next year, though, would be okay. my suggestion. Okay. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. All righty. Oh, hope for that Rudy. helps. Uh, that was Rudy. for Rudy. Yep. Pulled off on the side of the road somewhere, whatever. Uh, Barbara, St. Catharines, hi, and welcome to the show. Uh, I couldn't get a pen fast enough for the arborist information, Charlie. Uh, okay. Can so you repeat it, please? Sure. So you're gonna, you have access to a computer? Uh, yes, uh, I'm getting this information from my daughter who does live in Toronto, and she is computer savvy. Okay, yes. perfect. So the website she's going to go to... Uh, may I put you on speaker? Uh... Yeah, sure. Just Thank just you. Okay. Put a little... Uh, can yep. you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Very oh. good. I can write this more clearly. Excellent. All right. It's just three letters. So it's the letter I... I? S as in Sam. Yes. A. A I-S-A. As, yep, I-S-A dot... Dot... Org, O-R-G. O-R-G. So that's obviously www.isa.org. It stands for the International Society. That's very fortuitous for us because that's what she's been looking for right now. So she can get information off the computer. She can, and that's the place to go. Wonderful. Thank you ever so much. Have a great day, both of you. you Thank you very much, Barbara. Thank you for calling. All righty. There you go. That was simply handled, huh? My gosh. Sure, you could have even done I, that I one. almost could have done that. <laughs> Feel free. I, I, mean, I am the almost ready guy with everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it is time for another break, though. And then we will indeed get to, oh, a second-time caller, uh, Jerry, who called in, uh, I think it was our first caller. Yes, he was. He was able to get to, back through in the line. There you and go. he'll come back to he's talk to you. He's called early, and he's calling often. And that's right. <laughs> okay. Back with the uh, conversation with Jerry in just a moment. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And here we are broadcasting live and direct from the uh, Zoomerplex in Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. And hey, let's uh, take a little uh, trip here back to uh, Jerry here in T.O., maybe just around the corner. Hi, Jerry. Welcome back. My second question. Okie doke. Uh, as you know, I have the, ca- the two cactus plants I just bought. Yes. How do I know when to bring them in for the winter? I know <laughs> prickly pear cactus, you can leave other yes. outside all year round. That's right. It's hard. I wonder about these. Well, you want the neat thing about cactus is that in the desert, 
we think of the desert as being a really hot place. And, of course, it is during the day. But when you get into any desert, just about anywhere in the world, it can be super cold at night when the sun goes down. So that's to your advantage as an Ontario gardener. What you want to do is leave those cactuses out to actually feel and experience some cool weather. So you want them to, you're in Toronto, you might leave them outside till as late as maybe even the end of September, uh, depending on how the temperatures are going. I've been known to leave Christmas cactus out in Richmond Hill till November, uh, let it get hit with a few light frosts. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it, causes flower bud formation that by getting the cool temperatures and the low light obviously it's low light indoors or outdoors at that point meaning that the days are shorter uh the plants respond to the shorter days and the cooler temperatures and they will create all kinds of flower buds wow so that's why i would leave those out now you know um yeah basically you uh, for your purposes i'd say plan to leave until about the end of september Okay, that's before the frost comes wrong. You never know. You never know. Cool nights, since we don't know exactly what kind of cactuses they are, cacti, you'd probably probably be best to err on the side of not exposing them to too cold. But I'll tell you, cacti are amazing, what they can put up with in terms of extreme weather conditions. I Once, way, way back when I went to the University of Guelph, worked in one of the greenhouses that was full of tropical plants, and it was thousands and thousands of plants, and there was a power failure in the middle of winter. And when the power failed and the furnaces stopped, everything died except the big monster cacti survived. Okay. Speaking so, of greenhouses, I remember you used to go to this place called White Rose Nurseries many, many years ago. Yes, I did too. <laughs> and you could go there anytime to ask them any kind of questions and that. They were so nice. Really? Uh, you're talking of Charlie Dobbin. That's, that's <laughs> where she was. Was that right? And you, you probably have spoken to her then. Yeah, in, in Oshawa. Yes, in Oshawa. That's a, yeah. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for your call, Jerry. Thanks, thanks Jerry. Uh, and now it could be our final caller here. Uh, from Severn Bridge, it's Cliff on the line. Good morning, Cliff. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. You have a great show there, and we've been listening for years. Excellent and to hear. I have a question. Mm-hmm. I have a plant that's a yellow four-leaf, like a four-petal flower, mm-hmm. and the leaves look like dandelion leaves. Mm-hmm. And at when it comes dusk time at night, it blooms. Oh. Oh. Instantly, within an hour, within a minute or two, it fully opens, uh-huh. and when the sun comes up in the morning, it dies. And you know what that's called? No. E- it's called evening primrose. Yeah, well, I've taken, like, I've, I've got pictures. I sent you an email last week with a picture also, but I've taken it to the nurseries, and they don't know what it is. Oh, all right. Well, you know what? I I didn't see an email from you, Cliff, but I will double-check. I'm just wondering if some of my email are going astray. Uh, And you got the right email address there. I I got it from the station. I got it off the the website. Okay, at mzmedia.com. All right, well, I will double-check. What was that again? My email address for you to double-check and for others who are listening is my first initial C and then dot or period, Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia, all one word, mzmedia.com. Mzmedia? Dot com. Dot com. Okay. I will send it back because I think the... um on the website, your it was your full first name that they put. Oh, okay, yeah, it's uh, just my first okay. initial. Yeah. C. Dobbin. Yeah, and I would prove because I've been I've been growing, and from one plant alone last year, I've had over a hundred blooms 
It starts in May and it goes right till September. So, it sounds lovely. I'd like to see a picture of it. Yes. Okay, well, thank you, and you have a great show there. <laughs> Thanks thank you. a thank lot you, for calling. Thank you. And for your kind words. And, uh, you know, uh, Cliff brought up a good point, emails. You've received uh, a couple of, well, several emails, but one in particular you had mentioned this morning we might have a chance to get to, and I think this would be a very good time to do that, Charlie. Uh, so, uh, by all means, if you have a moment. Look, I'm just showing you a photograph. Oh, okay. All right, so you see this plant? Evening, oh, yeah. Evening primrose. He was talking about four petals, one, two, three, Mm -hmm. four, yellow, and, of course, they're famous for blooming in the evening. Of course, the listeners are looking at that going, wow, that is beautiful. Well, (laughs) I'm just saying, Google evening primrose if you have access to a computer or open a book. Wow, remember those days we used to go to the, the Encyclopedia of Gardening? Yeah, those were the days when we went shopping. I had to carry the Encyclopedia of Gardening, so I knew what, you know, you'd see a plant and go, oh, that's really nice. I, I need to learn more before I buy it. Now, of course, we have smartphones and Bing. the, the Your tags. Your thumb gets you there. The yeah. tags are so much better in the plants nowadays, too. The, the tags tell us everything we need to know. But here's a quick email. This is from Jeanette O'Hara, or, oh, yeah, I guess O'Hara. She loves sunflowers, and she plants them every year, but... The squirrels and chipmunks uh, eat the planted seed. She's had a bit of luck starting the seeds in individual four-inch pots, and then she plants them uh, outside. And then she finds that the, the uh, squirrels and chipmunks sometimes will still chew roots or chew the plant, or I've certainly had squirrels, you know, climb up and break the plant. So what can she do? So a couple of suggestions. One is get yourself some peanuts in the shell uh, feed the squirrels and the chipmunks so they'll leave your sunflower plants alone. That's one of the easiest ways. Re- trust me. Just don't fight them. <laughs> Give them their own little dining room over there. Keep your sunflowers over there and your sunflowers will be fine. Do, do go that route. The other is uh, barriers. Consider cages, uh, you know, things that will keep them from getting, you know, a little bit of s- uh, cylinder of chicken wire will often keep them away as well. So uh, that's my best suggestion. Uh, I like the peanuts route. I yeah. They have fun watching. It, too, and you know. know what? They do that at the White House. Eh? They, they plant millions of bulbs every fall to come up in the spring, but they feed all the squirrels in the meantime so that things will actually stay where they planted them. Gee, can look at that clock. We've we got to go. Time. Yeah. This was too much fun. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Charlie. Couldn't do it without you. God bless you. All righty, and thanks, James Patrick Dooley. We'll have to work on some of those uh, controls for next week. And uh, <laughs> thank you to all our great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.